Turn in your Bibles with me this morning to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. You say, where's Chronicles? Go to Psalms and turn left. And go back and you'll find it. Stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word. 1 Chronicles 29 beginning with verse 10. This is second in our series of the Lord is my strength. 1 Chronicles 29, beginning with verse 10. And the context here is King David, um, the greatest monarch in the history of Israel, is standing before the people. Solomon is about to build the temple, and he's encouraging them to honor and bless the Lord. And this is what he says. Or it says, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. For thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. And all that is in heaven and earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of you, and you reign over all. And in your hand is power, and in your hand is might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Just mark that in your Bible. It is in your hand to give strength unto all, regardless of the person, regardless of the situation, regardless of the loss or the weakness or the immaturity or the insecurity, regardless of the opposition or the obstacle. It is in your hand to give strength unto all. Therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. And let me just read this verse to you. Psalm 68, 28 says, The Lord hath sent strength for you. Which means the Lord has ordained strength for you. He has commanded strength for you. He has set aside strength for you. And just because it's accessible does not mean it's not utilized. Accessible and utilized are two different things. Weariness comes to the believer. I'm going to make you stand just a minute. Okay. Weariness comes to the believer that works, that pours out, that serves. There is a weariness associated with apathy and boredom, but that's not what this message is about today. This is for the believer that does love the Lord, and they're trying their best to live in Him, but it seems like they are insufficient for the demand, for the need, for the weight, for those things. And one of the greatest revelations is that you can come to is that you are insufficient. And where your insufficiency begins, or ends, God's sufficiency begins. And I want to speak to you on the subject, the Lord has strength for you. He's commanded it for you. Father, I just stand before you and I bless you because I look over my shoulder and in my weakest moments... You have been the strongest. When I was without hope and without help, you rescued me. And you breathed in me, just like you did Adam, that non-existent man. You breathed life into him. So have you done it for me over and over and over. And I pray today, Lord, that, that same thing, not just the experience, but the revelation that our strength is found in God. And God's strength is sufficient. 
Let it be so for us today, Lord. Let it be like the windows of our house being opened on an autumn day and the breeze blowing through. Blow out all the old air and bring in the new, knowing that God is with me. And if God be for me, who and what can ever be against me? And I thank you in advance, Lord, and I just humble myself before you. And I pray, Lord, for your anointing on my words. Give me clarity of thought, mind, and purpose. Let my words be like the pen of a ready writer. Let them be accurate, simple, and let them go to the deepest part of who we are, that we might receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to deliver us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Only those that have known exhaustion understand the beauty of God's strength. David said in Psalms 22, and this wasn't, it wasn't always the case, but it is always an experience. If you live life long enough, you'll hit those moments, those seasons. David said, my strength is dried up like broken pieces of pottery. It's in these places, these seasons of depletion, exhaustion and desperation where the Lord teaches us to look to him and to lean upon him and depend upon him and draw upon him and to learn to live in and by him. In him we live, move, and have our being. Our, de our desire to be independent breeds exhaustion. You're only as strong as secure your connection is to Jesus Christ. I'm a self-made man. That's a small man. I've got my face to the grindstone. How's that working for you? Oh, all we have to do is look at the countenance of your wife and we can tell. Oh, I better move on. Just, just that. Sometimes I just say stuff. It's not in the notes, you know. But the person that's connected to the vine draws from the very essence of God himself. Very quick review. I told you last week that the Lord is your strength. It's not that the Lord gives strength, which he does, but he gives of himself. It's the access and the application of the essence of God. The actual ark, the wind of God, the life of God, the person of God. I get my strength from him, but I get him and that's where my strength lies. I told you it was a divine strength. It's a shared strength. And as close as I can explain it, and I'm limited by my education and vocabulary, but by the Lord living in us and us living in him, it's like a child in the womb of its mother. Everything that she takes in is available to that baby. The good and the bad. But in God, there is no darkness. And if I'm connected, not through an umbilical cord, but through the spirit then all that God is seeps into and is a steady flow into my life. It's an available strength. It's a limitless strength. And it's an exclusive strength. It's not God and someone else. It's not God and a priest. It's not God and a pastor. It's not God and a church. The, the edification that comes from the believer is separate from strength. God encourages in his, words not to, in his word not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together like some people do. That's what it says. I, I get my church at home. No, there's an edification. There's a, an iron sharpening iron. There's places of ministry and service. But don't confuse the two. 
My strength does not come from Pastor John's preaching on a Sunday morning. All John can do is point me back to the source. Point me back to the person. Point me back to the priorities of the Christian life. Jesus said, if I abide in you and you abide in me, uh, you can ask what you will and it will be done. If you stay attached to the vine, everything is fine. And you can come to church till you pass out. If you're not connected to Christ, your branch will wither, your leaves will fall off, and your fruit will not be. But God's strength is a necessary strength. It's a continuous strength. It's a pure strength. Not like five-hour energy drink where you get a little jolt. You know, that reminds me of, and I can talk about it because I was raised in it. You know, in, in Pentecostal charismatic backgrounds, they love the five-hour energy jolt. Come down to the front and let this guy put his hands on you. Ah! There you have it. But the after effects of your five-hour energy drink when you crash and the after effects of receiving a false energy, a soulish energy, an emotional energy, is your problems are still there and that man's whatever he imparted to you, when it passes, you're worse off than when you started. Be wary of any man, minister, or ministry that causes a dependence upon that person, it is false. It's false. When you come to an altar in this church, I try to get out of the way so you can connect to Jesus. If you ask me to pray with you, I'll pray with you. I'll hold your hand and I'll lay hands on you. But the only benefit is, is if we are like faith and God honors us with connectivity. It is a limitless, pure, perceptible, miraculous, sufficient strength. So beginning today, if you're taking notes, number two, there is strength available for you to go up. For you to go up. To go up above your limitations, above your fears, above your failures and your excuses, above mediocrity and the status quo. Not everyone has the same gifts and abilities, but everyone is supposed to go up in their life, up towards God, up unto maturation, up unto the fullness of all things who is Christ the Lord, up, upward, upward, up above the opinions, neglect, and the tearing down and disdain of others. One of my favorite stories, Bible characters, if you will, in the Bible was David. And I don't have time to go into the history of David and his brothers, but David was so disdained. David had brothers from the same father, but a different wife. That when Samuel, and you have to understand in this day and time in which the book of Samuel was written, Samuel was as close to the word of God as you could get. When he spoke, the Bible said, that he was so used of the Lord and so connected that God did not let one of his words fall to the ground. Not one. So Samuel comes to Jesse's house. Jesse was the name of the father. And he said, go get your sons. And he didn't even bring David. And Samuel asked to me, Samuel asked in this passage what I think is one of the most odd statements. It speaks to who Jesse is. He said, are you sure this is all your sons? Like if you were to say, go get your son. I know that's Elisha. Or go grab Jimmy out of you know, the mountains. Go get your daughters. I know that would be Haley and Kylie and Isabel and Olivia. 
He said, oh, oh yeah, go get David. And they bring in this little boy out of the sheepfold. Small of countenance, ruddy, outdoorsy. And if he was a shepherd, he smelled like sheep. And he stands before Samuel. And Samuel pours oil on him and whispers into his ear, Thou shalt be the king. And some of us are hindered by what they said or what they didn't say. What they did or didn't do. What they gave or didn't give. And I want you to know that you can be called by the wrong name your whole life. God called Abram out of the land of the Ur of Chaldees and he changed his name to Abram. Abraham. And you say, well, yeah, of course I'm not Abram. Abram means father and I don't have any kids. He said, no, it's more than that. You're not just a father. You're the father of a nation, a multitude, a father of many. And some of us can't perceive that. How, how much strength would it take to crawl above what they said? I know a boy that, uh, well, I asked several years ago for sermon ideas. I, I said, share with me, it's on Facebook, some of the things that people said uh, in your life. And I wasn't looking for dramatic. I want, what are some things that harmed or shaped you in a negative way or hindered you? And one of the, one of the men wrote me and said his daddy called him S-H-I-T head all his life. That was his name. Like you'd say, come here, buddy, or come here, boy. That was his name. It takes, it takes a courage and a tenacity and a strength to go out past your covering. And the thousands of times you've heard those words and say, no, I'm not that. I'm not saying I am everything and I'm not gloating but I am who God says I am and there's strength in that strength to come out when they say you're unlovable when they say you're not useful when they say you're a disappointment and just because I disappointed you doesn't mean that I'm a disappointment and just trust me on this one you don't need to beat anybody up they're already beat up sufficient but you have do you know you have strength if you have connectivity with God and you understand that in eternity, you will shine like the stars in the heaven. I'd like to practice here. I don't mean arrogance. I don't mean walking around better than anyone else. But when, you, when they say something about you that you know does not match the word of God, it takes strength to shake that off and press on. Casting down every vain thought that vaunts itself against the knowledge of God. Why would you let someone that hurts you decide on who you are? Why would you let someone that spoke harm to you decide on your tomorrow? And for that person that had a difficult childhood, let me just share this with you. Maybe you'll find freedom in this. As a child, there wasn't much we could do. But as an adult, they don't have any say or control over you whatsoever. And that's not a despising of them. I had a, uh, someone close to me ask me one time. They said, how can I honor my father and my mother? They were so neglectful. They were so, just didn't care. And I said, oh, you, mis you mistook honor for respect. God didn't say respect them. He said honor them. Respect is based on who they are. Honor is based on who 
You are. And you have power to honor somebody you don't even respect. Because God in you is greater than the harm man can cause. If God can set you free from sin, surely he can set you free from the word someone has spoke over you. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but that is straight up the alley. Strength for you to go up above the carnal to the spiritual, above the temporal to the eternal, above what I feel to what God has spoken, above recent and past failures to fulfilling your responsibilities and assignments, up above what others think is right, necessary, or acceptable, realizing God's intentions and purposes in your life, up above all that you've known, what you've wanted, what you've chosen, and where you've lived, to the place that God has predestined your life would bear the most fruit for him. Uphill is always the most depleting path, but it leads to the most exhilarating views and beauty. Some of y'all call yourself runners. I always thought, why? Now, I ran, when I was young, I ran playing ball. I ran with the football. I ran with the basketball. But what are you going to do? I'm going to run to Griffin. Why? I may even forget my train of thought. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, okay. But when I did, you know, guys will do anything to be with a pretty girl. They'll, you, how many of y'all ever went to church and you wasn't saved because she asked you to go? It's just good. Look at how many guys there are. You know, sit in the back, come late, leave early. But she was there. And the girl asked you to go run, and you go, sure. And then you hit uphill. See, flat, you can talk and flirt, but uphill <laughs> requires focus. And what you did the night before shows when you're going uphill. And uphill is a depleting thing. And much of your Christian life is uphill. It is imperative that you, had a strength, you have a strength that others don't see. Because when it's uphill as far as you can see, notice, this, notice the spiritual application of a natural reality. Uphill leads to somewhere. And we are on our way to Zion. The beautiful city of Zion. And it is uphill. And it is narrow. And the obstacles are many. And the enemies are numerous. But you have the strength of God himself to finish the command God's given you to do. God would not give you a command without supplying you the strength to bring it forth. You have strength. There's strength available for you to go down. If you're taking notes, number three, for you to go down. Maybe there's some here today that you have the strength and in your track record, you do good pulling hills, but you don't do good going down. Are going backward. There's st strength for you to lose ground, to lose gains, to lose momentum, and even to lose everything like Job. You think uphill is hard. Try losing something that you've learned to love. Try losing something, a, a freedom that you had physically and now uh, you, you can't. And I know this is small. I know this is a, a small thing. But it's big to me right now in my life. And I'm just trying to be personal with you. It doesn't have to always be tragic to be applicable. You know, I am grieving the young man I once was. I can't, I can't run. 
I, no, oh, you can, no, I can't. I think I got something torn in this knee. I'm scared to go get it looked at because Kelly said one more surgery. She told me this a while back. She goes, one more surgery and I'm wiping the behinds of everybody in this house. So that's, that's it. No. <laughs> so you can't have no more surgeries, boy. You had two in the first three years. That's just it. But I'm, I'm grieving that I'm not, I can't do what I once not did but enjoyed. I can't play ball. I can't. And listen, there, it takes strength to go backwards when your body starts to break down and relationships start to break down and your finances start to break down. It not only takes strength to go uphill, but it takes strength to grow older. It takes strength when your influence, you were once heard, and now few people listen. It takes strength to, I don't know, it, it's, it's hard to explain without feeling like you're sounding dramatic. But as you grow old, the Bible tells you, it speaks all through the scripture of our eyes going dim and our, 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 our teeth becoming brittle. And our uh, waking up in the early morning with the noise of the bird. Some of us wake the bird up. You know, wake the rooster up. Get everybody up. Go to sleep. Anybody else can just fall asleep anywhere? Anywhere. If I stop, and especially if the kids aren't around, because, you know, there's noise. But, like, I get in a waiting room, and they say, uh, Mr. Wood, would you sit? We'll be with you in a moment. And I'm thinking, you've got to wake me up. And just If I sit right over here, little elevator music playing, and it's... <laughs> and I do some of my best sleeping driving. I do some of my... Help him, Lord. But I laugh about it and joke about it, but it's hard to go backward. It was just yesterday that at Mercer University, I would go to the ball field at 2 o'clock. Our practice wasn't until 4 at football. And even though it was just in a mural, I loved it more than life itself then. And I'd play from two to three with somebody, three to four with somebody else. Our practice would start at four. We'd play till 5.30. And I'd walk over and stand at the other field saying, if y'all need somebody, I can throw it the length of the field. Let me play. Let me play. And some of you are struggling today because you can't. There are things you can do today that you used to couldn't do, but there's a lot that you used to do that you can't do today. And it takes strength to let the other young men have their day. It takes strength to get into the last years and even though you've set a little bit away for retirement, it's not what you used to make and you have to make adjustments. It takes strength to go backward and still love the Lord God and to serve him with gladness. You got to learn. We have to learn how to draw from God in every season, uphill, forward or backward. When you go down financially or maritally or relationally or emotionally or, or your perspective. Even if the going down is a result of your own choices or sins and failures, it's still difficult. And there is much in life. If you live long enough, you'll find this is not being a pessimist. And I don't mean somebody being a cynic and just saying, I'm just keeping it real. No, you just ain't happy. That's not what I'm talking about. But the longer you live, there's more to discourage you. It's one of the ways the Lord weans us off of this world. And the older you get, do I have any witnesses? And I'm not drumming it up. 
where the older you get and you look back and you, God's been good, you've had a wonderful life, you go, this is not my home. I'm looking for a new city whose builder and maker is God, ready to go home. But you, we got to navigate this though. Don't you want to navigate it with joy? Don't you want to navigate it with strength? There is much in this life that can and will carry you down. But no matter how low you go, God's strength is deeper still. And it's sufficient. Number four, there is strength available for you to sit still and wait. We got people in this room that uphill is the hardest for you. There are those like me going backwards is the hardest. And others, it's the sitting still. Who has a hard time just sitting still? Why do you do that? Confession's good for the soul. It helps, you know, you see, I knew they were that way. I knew they were. You get to see them raise their hand. To sit still and wait, to wait on the Lord's voice, to wait on the Lord's promise, to wait on the Lord's intervention, to wait on His timing. It takes strength to see other people conceive when you're waiting on the baby. And as close as you've ever got is miscarriage. It takes strength to celebrate people getting engaged when you're waiting. It takes strength to get out and dance around the new car that your friend got and you're driving a 71 Valiant outside and it's got handprints steamed into the paint for every time you've prayed over it. It does. See, we are so, some of us are so deep that we're not practical. It's, life is simple. Life is difficult and we need the Lord. We need the Lord's strength, not just to finish, but to finish with joy and to finish with power and in a life that brings glory to his name. If, if, if overcoming was easier, more people would be overcomers. And it takes strength for you to wait. Psalms 59 says this, because of your strength, I will wait upon you, O Lord. What's David saying? David? I know you. And I know that you sometimes wait. See, we like to see things progressively happen. And sometimes God does that. But David said, I've watched you when my enemies surrounded me and I could not count them all. It was like a, 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 a whole group of locusts covering over my ground. And people looked at him and said, there is no hope for him in God. And out of nowhere, you stepped in front of me and flexed one time. And my enemies were scattered they were defeated. And he said, oh, because I know your strength, I'm going to wait on you. See, if I know your strength, I will never say the words, it's too late. Oh, my window's closing. God will kick it out and make you another window. Oh, if, you, if it doesn't happen, no, 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 no. Because I know your strength, you can start over and give me a brand new life in my 50s. Because I know your strength, you can restore the years that the caterpillar and the canker worm have eaten. Oh God, I can sit and wait, not because I'm patient, but because I know you can come on the scene and turn back the hands of time. For those of you visiting, brought home twin little girls from the hospital when I was 50. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> praise the Lord. And did you know he has renewed my strength? I got enough to finish. I got enough to do this. And you do too. What would happen in your life if you access, accessed that which is available to you? 
Instead of talking about what it cost and how much it's going to take, what if you turn the spigot wide open? I did some pressure washing yesterday. Pressure washing is of the devil. You get dirt in places you didn't know you needed to scrub. If, especially when you hit the grooves, you know, where all the dirt is. Um, I lost my place again. <laughs> I tell you these stories, they're not in my notes. Anyway, sorry. Number five. It was something I was going to tell you. It was really important. You got to come tonight. You got to come tonight to get Do what? Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's it. And I, my pressure washer was just... And so you have to get your little piece of wire and you stick it in the head. And that helped a little bit, but it's... And I looked and my hose was kinked. You know, the kind that says, doesn't kink, liars. All of them kink. I've got some from Sam's impossible to kink. And you take it home and you can't even get it to go out straight. And there's a, there's a kink in the hose. And I, and I know this is simple, but that's the problem. Some of us have kinks in our hoses and we're piddling around with other things instead of making sure that our connection to God is open. That person could be the kink. That possession could be the kink. That thing that you can't live without could be the kink. When you can stand and say in any situation and in any season and any moment and say, there is nothing between me and God, you have sufficient strength. Access. Number five, there's strength available for you to go on. The Bible says in Proverbs 24 verse 10, that if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. It doesn't say if you feel like quitting. Because if you feel like quitting, everybody in this room is disqualified. You've heard me say the world is run by tired people. And there comes a time in every life, in every marriage, in every ministry, in every responsibility, whether it's husband, wife, parent, in every form of responsibility, there comes a time when quit looks good. And if you rely on your willpower to push you through, you'll soon be bouncing mental, physical, and emotional checks to those you love. And the service charges are higher than the check themselves. But you do have sufficient strength to go on it's easy to grow weary when the environment around us does not change with our effort. It's easy to grow weary because there are times and seasons in life where the quit is easy. Sometimes our bodies seem to give out before our heart does. You know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And other times our heart gives out before our bodies do. I talk to believers who love the Lord, but they're struggling in this area. You'll hear them say, I'm over it already. Too much water under that bridge. It's just it's not worth it. Or I just don't care anymore. And they're saying that to soften the idea of I'm not going to finish there. I'm not going to make it. And those little statements point to a more accurate problem. The reason you're over it already is because you're operating in your strength. And you know that you are insufficient to complete the commitment, the covenant, or the responsibility that you have. But if you're connected to the vine, it's like a 
preacher friend I heard ministering one time and he was, uh, he'd ran out of gas on the road. And first of all, I don't understand that, but he ran out of gas and he's praying. If I ever prayed, if I ran out of gas, God like hit, you should have put gas in the thing. You know, that's, that's how he deals with me. You knew, you saw it. You saw it yesterday and the day before you had time. But this guy, for some reason, God bailed him out. He prayed for gas, and this guy pulled up beside him. He said, I was praying earnestly, and I didn't hear it. And the guy come up and tapped me on the window. It about scared me to death. And he goes, you all right? He goes, uh, I'm just out of gas. I just need some gas. He goes, can you spare me a few dollars, or you got any gas? And he goes, buddy, I got 5,000 gallons of gas right here. It was a gas truck behind him. And you know what some of us if we would just pan out and see the abundance of available strength available to us in Christ Jesus, who ascended into the lowest parts of the earth and took captivity captive and come out with great glory, took the keys from Satan of death and hell, put them on his keychain, and went into the upper part of heaven and declared, open up ye everlasting gates and lift up ye everlasting doors that the king of glory can come in. And an angel bowed his head and said, who is the king of glory? The Lord mighty in battle. He's the king of glory. And he lives in you. He lives in you. God said in his word, 2 Corinthians 12, my grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Our problem is we don't want to ever experience weakness. And God uses weakness to introduce us to his strength. You are never more powerful than when you are powerless. And you stand before the Lord and say, I can't. There's no way, but I make sure my hose is straight. The connection here, there's nothing between me and you. Flow into me, mighty God. And you'll find your mind change, your heart change, your perspective change, your disposition change. Any of you uh, remember the first time you went flying? And you know, Atlanta is, you know, that's a cursed place. It's just so much. And spaghetti, this, and all these. I just, it'd have to be audible voice for me to live in, in, in the city there. But you know, you get up in the plane and you go, that don't look so bad. About that big. Why do you think the Lord would tell us that we're seated with him in heavenly places? Well, I'm not. I'm, trust me, I'm sitting here in Macon, Georgia. Well, he says you are. So what part of me? Your spirit. You're already home. And if you will look from, through heaven's view, you'll see that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in you. And this thing that's so huge, the higher up you go, the smaller it I drive to Daytona. Y'all know the most work you ever get done is the day before vacation. Some of y'all do six months worth of work the day before vacation. And you drive, you know, drive is five and a half hours, sometimes six. If you have kids, it's 16 getting there. That's why Kelly and grandma get to take the kids. I let them minister to the children. And I take the old truck down so that all the toys can be on the beach. I'm that good hearted. But you're on that road, or especially if you ever have to go 16 anywhere, and you're like, merciful Lord. It's just, you wait, you know, it's an hour to get to Metter 
or Dublin or one of them, Dublin didn't matter. And, this, and there's just nothing. You could die on that road. Nobody ever find you. You just keep going. And then you get on 95 and you drive forever and you go, for the love of, and don't let there be a drizzle, two drops of rain. We have 19 wrecks, you know, an 18 wheeler turned sideways, flipped over, cows walking. You're never going to get there. See, I live in the world that y'all live in, but you get up in a plane every now and then I get to fly in the plane 50 minutes from Hartsville International. You get up in the air. We're approaching Daytona Beach. Please make Praise the Lord. <laughs> you look in that little bitty, you know, seat about 20 people, but you look down and you go, well, there's Daytona. What would happen if you started living with heaven's perspective? You've got strength. Ben, if you would come up, please. There's strength for you to overcome, to overcome it. The very thing that stands in front of you, on top of you, taunting and mocking you as if there was no God and as if you were not his child. There is strength for you to overcome, come over. Don't you remember that Christ in you is the hope of future glory? Don't you remember that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? Don't you remember that God has already granted to you everything that pertains to life and godliness? You have been in the past and are strengthened today by the power of God's spirit in your inner man. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Nor every tongue that comes up against you shall be condemned. You are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. I've shared this with you for years now. You know that boxer that wins the world title fight and he comes home and the belt's over his shoulder and got a check for $10 million in his hand. He's, both eyes are closed, his lips cut. He's got his shades on, he's disfigured. He goes to open the door and it opens for him. His wife is standing there and he takes the belt off his shoulder and puts it on hers and gives her the check. She's more than conqueror. He was the conqueror. He gives her the check. And it's so hard to even say it. But my Lord hung high, stretched wide, naked, abused, bleeding. His back looked like torn ribbons. They pushed the crown of thorns into his head. They smote him while he was blindfolded. Prophesy unto us, who was it that hit you? And he drugged that cross up that hill for me invited me into that resurrection life he's the con I don't ever call me conqueror I'm more than a conqueror through Christ that loved me and gave himself for me the strength that I have does not point to my goodness my character my morality my will my strength points to his sufficiency oh I feel God's spirit it's available to you. What's wrong? What's in the way? If it's disconnected, connected. If there's a kink in the hose, get the kink out. And anybody that you know that's stepping on it, if they won't move, get them out of your life. Well, it's not that easy. Yeah, it is. Bye. Now, you can't tell your spouse that. But you can plan on a little recreation apart from each other and get the hose fixed. 1 John 5 says this, Whatsoever is born of God 
overcomes the world. If it has happened to you in this world, you can overcome it by strength. Strength you didn't know you had. Strength you didn't feel. Strength you can't see. Well, Brother John, when does it come? When you need it. There's living strength. There's dying strength. There's lonely strength. There's burying strength. There's loss, losing strength. There's alienated strength. I often think about what it felt like for my earthly father when he died and had four babies. You know, my mom had to raise us. But what does what it mean to, my, to the men in there? What, is, what does it feel like to know you're leaving your wife and four children and you're about to step into another world? And you're like, it takes strength. When does it come? When you need it. And when it came time, he was able to pull his feet up in the bed and go home. You, I'm trying to tell you that whatever the need is, the hose, the, the coupler is wide enough to get it to you. God describes himself in the Old Testament as the full-breasted one. See, God, we get hung up on the genders and he's always personified as he. But he says, I'm the full-breasted one. And I have had nursing mothers tell me that at the sound of their child's cry, their breast pour forth. And I had one lady come up after I was preaching. She said, I have been in places where it wasn't my child. And it just poured forth. How do you draw strength from the Lord? You cry in him. David said, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me and delivered me out of all. You didn't hear me. All. All my fears, all my worries, all my struggles, all my weaknesses. He has such a sufficient flow. And I'm not trying to be crass. Mamas, what does your baby do when it just eats until it, what does it do? It just passes. Have you ever had him just eat? You know, that baby that's just like a Michelin man. He just, he just eats and then he just goes, Pow! He looks like somebody at rest. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take that yoke off of you handling and put my yoke upon you because my burden's easy. My yoke's easy. My burden's light. I'd like us to take just a moment and I'm believing for a supernatural like the hose coming unkinked that God's going to honor his word this morning. It ain't because I preached it and it's not because I'm praying. It's because his word is forever settled in heaven. If you need strength this morning, God's strength, don't hesitate. I want you to come and stand around this altar. We're going to pray together and then we're going to go home. Just stand in his presence. Block everybody else out. There is hope in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes. Would you lift your hands? Can you do Blessed that? 
Would the rest of you stand with us this morning? Those in the altar, I want to read this to you, and we're going to go home. Say, well, Pastor, why, why do you have people come down? Just for a second. Because it does something to our pride to, to, act, to act and respond in front of people. Just that, I don't care what you, I need help. I need the Lord. And it, it keeps us humble. We're a needy people. And He's a sufficient God. Let me read this to you. There's grace for you and strength for you to finish. It's not where you started or where you are today, but how you finish that matters most. For everyone who is weary, do not forget the great crowd of witnesses that have gone on before us. How many of you truly have someone in heaven today? It's already there. Okay. They suffered abuse, neglect. They were abandoned by parents, spouses, and their own children. They buried loved ones, and some have never known love. They grew weary, they fainted, they started over, but they have all this in common. That in it all and through it all, no matter what came their way, they looked to God, and God was sufficient. He's sufficient. What if instead of Pastor John, what if God's audible voice came through and said, My grace is sufficient for you. And you can say with integrity, you can even say, it doesn't feel like it is, but it is anyway. <laughs> sufficient grace, sufficient strength, the great cloud of witnesses. Oh, there's James and John and Peter and Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew. There's John the Baptist. There's Abraham and David, Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. And there's mama, and papa, and daddy. And nanny and there's your aunt there's your children and if you could see in the spirit realm I don't know how much they can see but I don't believe they're in the total dark you're you're at home you know what if you could see in the spirit realm and God allowed us to see them in the bleachers their personal names that you were called daddy always called me baby and I'm like 10 year old boy don't call me baby you know he's run baby I bet he would be in the rafter today saying preach run John run boy run baby run heaven is just around the corner don't stop now and the great cloud of witnesses is cheering you on this morning oh you're so close Jesus is right at the lip of eternity the angels are warming up the band oh don't quit now there's gotta do it baby gotta finish we got to finish and we shall finish. How do you know that? You don't know my situation because he that began the good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you believe it? One more time, Ben, would you? Y'all sing this with us. There is strength in the name of the Lord. Come on, saints. There is power in the name of the Lord. There is hope in the name. 
got one minute and I want to read and speak. You know, the, there's power in the Word of God. Not just His Spirit. But I just want to read this over you. It was by His strength that the Lord brought us up out of Egypt from the house of bondage. Exodus 13. Your salvation. It was by strength. It is God who girds you with strength unto battle and subdued your enemies. Psalms 18. It is the Lord who is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 27. It was the Lord who was my strength and my salvation in time of trouble. Psalm 39. You are the God that does wonders and you have declared your strength among your people. Psalm 77. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are found in the sanctuary. In the congregation of God's people. Psalms 96. Nehemiah 8 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Not he gives joy. It's his joy. It's a shared joy. And finally, in the day when you cried out to me, I answered you and I strengthened your soul. Psalm 138. Y'all go home in that strength. See you this evening. God bless you.